Well, again, it's good for you to be here. My name is Matt Carter. I'm the pastor of preaching here at the Austin Stone, and uh, just going to give you a real little quick sermon today, um, tonight, and uh, we're just going to kind of hopefully draw our hearts back to this person of Jesus Christ in this time of year that's so crazy. And and uh, you know, one of the things that I've realized, kind of in my old age, is that my enjoyment of Christmas sort of waxes and wanes depending on the season of life that I'm in. Um, when I was a little boy, Christmas for me was magical. It was, uh, there, was, there was Santa Claus and there was all the fun that came with that. And I had a huge extended family and there were some amazing cooks in my family and so some really warm memories of those years in my youth, especially in my childhood. Christmas was wonderful. It was magical. <clears throat> and then my teenage years and my young adult years hit. And the fun of, and the magic of Santa was not quite there as much anymore. And, and many of my family members that were older began to pass away. And so our family began to sort of be fragmented. And, and Christmas was great. But I realized that it lost a lot of the magic that it once had when I was six years, seven years old. And then something happened. I had children of my own. And it was, it was sort of during that season uh, when they were little that I realized I was able to sort of recapture some of that Christmas magic. It was a, it was a, I was able to sort of relive the excitement and the wonder and the awe of Christmas through my kids. But now they're teenagers, um, one's 18, one's 16, one's 13, and the, the wonder and excitement of Christmas is sort of waning for them now. Um, we were in the car the other day, and <clears throat> one of them said, he's like, Dad, you know, it just doesn't feel like Christmas this year. And what I've noticed in myself and what I've noticed in others is that Christmas, and I want you to hear this, Christmas seems to produce in us a hunger. It, it seems to produce in us a longing inside of us that it's really hard to put our finger on. And throughout the years, I've heard people describe it this way. They, they talk about a desire to capture or recapture that Christmas spirit that they had when they were a child, or they, they long for that Christmas feeling that um, is so prevalent during this time of the year. And so what we do, since we hunger and we long for those things, we, we try to find those feelings again, and we do things like watch Christmas movies, and we go to Christmas parties, and, and we go to the Trail of Lights and things like that. But what I'm realizing is that far too often those things, for me at least, seem to fall short of fulfilling those longings and desires that I find popping up in my heart and in my soul <clears throat> during this time of year. And I've been thinking a lot about that this year, these longings that come up in my heart during the Christmas season. And, and I've realized that there's something about Christmas that reveals the longing of the human heart for transcendence. There's something about this time of year that sort of shines a light on the longing of each one of us that is inside of us that we have for transcendence and the awe-inspiring things in life. I read a statistic the other day that, that in the United States, people that are claiming to be Christians are rapidly declining. It's rapidly diminishing. It's nearing somewhere around 50%, whereas about 20 years ago, it was up around 80-something percent. It's only about 50% of people claim the name of Christ, and yet oh, over 90%, close to 95% of Americans celebrate Christmas. Let me ask you a question, why is that? <clears throat> why does... Does the overwhelming majority of a population 
that is rapidly choosing not to believe in Christ have all these powerful desires to experience Christmas? Why do these people that don't claim the name of Jesus have these powerful desires to have all these Christmas experiences? And I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. I think there's a lot of different explanations, but I believe that the best explanation for that is found in Ecclesiastes 3.11. And I'm not gonna put it up on the screen behind me, but I'm just gonna tell you what Ecclesiastes 3.11 says. It's an Old Testament verse, and it says this. It says that God placed eternity inside the heart of man. That's all that it says. The book of Ecclesiastes is kind of how all of life is, is kind of pointless and it's, it's impossible to find satisfaction and work and the stuff of life. And, 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 the, and the reason the writer of Ecclesiastes says that occurs is because God put eternity inside the heart of every man, woman, and child that is alive. <clears throat> so the reason that we find ourselves and everybody else kind of having this longing for the transcendent and this longing for the awe-inspiring is because God put that inside of you and me. And he put that inside of us. He put that hunger inside of us so that you and I would turn to him, the eternal, transcendent one, who is the only one who is able to meet and satisfy those eternal hungers that are inside of us, every one of us. And there's just something I've found that's about Christmas that makes us more aware of these Ecclesiastes 3.11 desires and hungers that the scripture claims God put inside of you. And so for me, what I've found over the years is that when Christmas rolls around, and it does with alarming regularity, I found that when I, I feel those same longings, those same hungers that I can't quite put my finger on, when, I've, when I feel them at at this time of the year, start bubbling to the surface, I've learned that regardless of, of whether my kids are little or big, regardless of whether it's been a good year financially or it's been a hard year financially, <clears throat> regardless of whether everybody in my family is healthy or whether one of us is walking through illness, regardless of whether it's been a great year or if it's been a really hard, really dark really difficult year. I've learned something. I've learned that I can actually meet. I've learned that I can actually satisfy those eternal longings of my heart, not through Christmas experiences, but through the eternal person of Jesus Christ. You see, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. It's this time of the year that I think the Lord wants us to stop and be reminded of what he went through to come to us to meet those eternal longings. It's Christmas time that, that I'm reminded that after the last Old Testament book of Malachi, God was silent. He stopped speaking. After the last verse of Malachi, he was silent. And a century went by and he still didn't speak. And another century went by and he was still silent. And another century went by and he was still silent. <clears throat> and then a fourth century went by and God did not speak until on a cold night in the city of Bethlehem, out of nowhere, God suddenly spoke. But this, on this night, it didn't speak through a burning bush. It didn't speak through a prophet. 
He didn't speak through a booming sound of thunder, but on this night in Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago, after four centuries of silence, God Almighty spoke through the cries of an infant. And you see, on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, God came to be with us himself. I'm reminded during this time that his very name is Emmanuel, which is God with us. It's, it's Christmas time that I've learned to remind myself that, that, that we serve a God that is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time at the same time. Yet in the first Christmas, this omnipresent God of the universe humbled himself by coming to this planet as a baby where he was confined to being in one place at one time as one human being. Uh, at Christmas time, I'm reminded that, that we serve a God that is not only omnipresent, but he's omniscient, which means that he knows everything. He's all-knowing. <clears throat> and yet on that first Christmas, this all-knowing God came to this planet and humbled himself by being born as an infant that could not reason or even speak or say a word. It's at Christmas time that I stop and I remind myself that we serve a God that's not only omnipresent and omniscient, but he's also omnipotent, which means that he's all powerful. Our God is the God that created the stars with the sound of his voice. And yet on that first Christmas, he came to this planet and he laid down his power. He set aside his power and he allowed himself to be tortured and crucified by the people that he created. It's at Christmas time that I remember that God went through all of that. First and foremost, to pay the penalty of your sin and for my sin so that we can be reconciled back to God, which is why we're created. But I'm reminded that he also went through all of that so that he could come to us and meet those longings of our heart himself. That's what Christmas is all about, is God saying, I love you enough not to stay in heaven with my arms folded and hope you get your act together, but we serve a God that came and left heaven, put on our flesh, came to this earth to meet the deepest longings of your soul. We're gonna end tonight our time together and we're just gonna sing a couple of quick songs, but I want the first song that we're gonna sing tonight together is called O Holy Night. And it's a song that, in my opinion, is, in my opinion, just one person's opinion, I think it's the greatest song that's ever been written in the history of music. And one of the, one of the many reasons that I love Oh Holy Night is because it captures so well this beautiful reality that Christ not only came to die for our sins, but he also came to meet and to satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. And so on the, one of the first lines of the song, I think we have it here, It says, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. It says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And again, my opinion, one of the most beautiful songs that's ever been written, and that might be the most beautiful line of the most beautiful song. I love it. It says, long lay the world in sin and in error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. For so long, 
For century after century after century, the world was just spinning its wheels, looking for meaning and looking for purpose, trying everything in the world to satisfy the hungers of their heart that God placed in them, but the world simply couldn't do it until he appeared, until the moment, the night that Christ showed up and the soul felt its worth. We discovered why we were created. It goes on and says, a a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and a glorious morn. So fall on your knees, hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night that Christ was born. I wanna end tonight by asking you a simple question. Before we leave this place and before you jump back into the routine of the craziness of the next 24 hours, I wanna ask you this question. Is your soul weary tonight? Maybe somebody brought you here. Maybe you just came here because that's what you do on Christmas Eve as you come to church. But I wanna ask you a simple question. Is your soul weary tonight? Maybe you've spent this whole Christmas looking for something to fill a void in you, a fill a hunger in you, and it's simply not working. It's not being filled. Maybe you spent this whole year, maybe even you've spent your whole life trying to satisfy these hungers that are inside of you and the, the people and the stuff and the relationships in this world are just not able to do it. I wanna end tonight by saying this, that Christ came to this earth to pay the penalty for your sins so that you can be in relationship with God, but he also came for your weary soul to find what it hungers for so that it could be satisfied in one place and in one person, and that's him. It's him. And so if that's you tonight, as we sing, we're gonna stand here in just a second and we're gonna sing, Oh, Holy Night, I wanna invite you to turn to this person named Jesus. I wanna invite you in just the best way you know how to trust in him as your Lord, trust in him as your savior. If you've never done that, offer your heart to him, offer your life to him, because when you do, here's the promise of the Holy Spirit inspired word of God, your soul will be satisfied. Your soul will feel its worth. If you're here and you're a believer, as we sing the song that you've heard your whole life, don't let it just be, again, I said this earlier, don't let it be a Christmas song. Let it be a song of worship, a song of worship and remembrance and thanksgiving to this God that 2,000 years ago came to us so that our souls would be satisfied in him. So let's pray together. If you're here tonight and there's never been a time in your life we have said to God, Lord, I, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. I wanna trust in Christ and Jesus who died on a cross to pay the penalty of my sins. I can't think of a better night than tonight on Christmas Eve to do that very thing. The Bible teaches us that when we do that, we're saved. We're forgiven, 
were adopted into the family of God as his sons and daughters, and we have a seat in heaven with our name on it. That's you, and the best way you know how, just do that tonight. Maybe you're a Christian, and you've been going hard after the stuff of the world, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not satisfying. Maybe tonight would be a good night just to come back to the Lord. He's waiting on you. He hadn't gone anywhere. As a matter of fact, he's been looking for you the whole time. Father, we love you. I thank you that your word is true. I thank you for its power. I thank you for its clarity. I thank you that you, in fact, God, do exactly what you say and you satisfy us. The deepest places of who we are, Lord, we love you and we wanna praise you and honor you for what you did 2,000 years ago for coming to us. God, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us, Lord. We love you and we honor you and we praise you tonight and we sing to you with everything that we are for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, let's stand together. Let's worship him.